and welcome to the second episode of the Kent Non-League Football Podcast with me, John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. Um, start of the season last weekend and it's been a good start to the season so far for some Kent clubs, not so good for others. Um, we'll start off by looking at Ebbsfleet, who we said Matt said last week could be the best team in Kent in the, uh, in the National League. And so far, so good. They battled to a draw at Geisley and then last night, great win for them against Maidstone. Matt, how are you, Matt, first of all? Not too bad, thanks, John. Got over Dover's defeat yet, just about 10 minutes after the game, so there you go. So, sweet then. I mean, cracking start for them, and, and to get that to get that first win on the board is massive for them. Oh, and it's, it's a fantastic result against Maidstone as well. I think you know, the revenge, they can forget all about the playoff defeat um, back in 2016. Now, I'm sure Danny Kebrol, when he scored in that game, you know, buried the demons that he had as well. It's a, it is a good result against Maidstone. Um, and a guy's new, I think, reading in them between the lines that they should have got three points up there as well so Luke Coulson's come in good player when he played for Eastley went off the radar a bit but you know he was touted for you know, a really big move back in January he didn't really work out if he went to Barnet and he seems to have been the star man for Epstein at the moment that's in front of a good crowd two and a half thousand uh, last night puts him in third I think it is in the league AFC filed this weekend again the battle of the, arguably the big spenders I suppose because filed have got some sort of money behind them but that They'll be delighted with that. Four points out of the first two games. What more can you ask? A point away from home in this league is tough and winning your home games. So I'm sure Daryl McMahon will be absolutely pleased. And again, they've got some good players, as I mentioned last week, absolutely. I think a lot to prove. And they've got that winning habit. They haven't lost in 2017 in the league, which is a phenomenal effort, you have to say. And when you look at sides, you know, momentum is absolutely key and they've taken that momentum on. And, you know, when you looked at that fixture against Chelmsford, Ten men half an hour to go, and they're losing one 0 Maybe that was the turning point in the in the future of Absolute United. I'm not saying they're going to get promoted this season, but you know it could have gone the wrong, the wrong way. It's gone the right way, and they're taking it forward. Absolutely. Um, starting they started well, but at the other end of the scale, Maidstone they've lost that derby last night, and they've had a disappointing start. They played two newly promoted sides. They've got one point out of it. And it doesn't get any easier for them because they're late in Orient on Saturday and then Aldershot, who've won both their, t- both their opening games, visit the Gallagher on Tuesday night. And Jace Ornus is going to be worried, isn't he? He's lost Stuart Lewis last night to a red card and it's, it's, it's a really difficult start for his boys. Yeah, I think they had the chances to beat Maidenhead, but Maidenhead, another side I mentioned, got momentum, a late equaliser from that point of view, and that must have deflated the, the, the players as well. You know, it's a, it's a poor goal to concede as well from a corner, a free header. You would expect better from organised side from Maidstone Lake Norrent's going to be tough Lake Norrent were battered by Sutton in the first game that's probably the best thing that can happen for Lake Norrent when they work out how to play in this league so they had a good result last night yeah Stuart Lewis is a big blow for Maidstone because he makes some tick in midfield I see the Paxman was on the bench so Chase Saunders we'll have to look into it uh, they didn't start particularly well last season as well did they so uh, the same amount of points after two games. Yeah, tough game in late Norwich, but they'll enjoy it. They'll have some great support there. It should be a fantastic um, day for Maidstone United, but they need to be getting points on the board. But you can see overall of the nation, the National League, apart from Solihull, who've only played one game, everybody else has picked up a point. And again, you look into that and maybe think it's going to be a tough old league. This year. A lot of sides um, are tough to beat. Um, so, yeah, again, you need to win on the board, basically. And, Jason is a little concerned because they've got all the shot, then Wrexham as well, uh, then then Sutton and Dagenham. So they've got some tough games, Maystone United, but they'll be looking to get um, get three points. But it might be tough on Saturday at Orient. Absolutely. I mean, we touched on it a bit last week. Kevin Loco, that's a that's a weird move he's done there. He's, he's left Maystone and gone to Stevenage. And from what I've read, Jay Saunders thought 
he may have been missold that because he's gone to Stevenage, obviously thinking he's got a chance of league football, and he's been loaned straight back out into the National League and, and at Dagenham. And to lose a player like that is difficult. They've brought some players in, but trying to get these players to gel at the start of the season is going to be difficult for Maidstone, isn't it? Yeah, you know, they're missing the uh, another Marcus at the back as well, a couple of experienced defenders. I'm led to believe that his release clause was only for a football league team. So Stevenage played the release clause, then loaned into to Dagenham so you can read into that how it works I don't know if there's a, a link between Dagenham and Stevenage so it is a strange one I have to say so I, I, I presume he, he was told that he would be loaned out otherwise that really is a strange move because maybe growing at Maidstone maybe would be better than playing at Dagenham unless he, he's been told he's guaranteed first thing football at Dagenham and Dagenham has started the season ever so well it, it, yeah, something, something's not right between that, that move there and I'm sure Jay Swan was his He's disappointed um, from that point of view, but he's got to move on. Players out there, but keeping clean sheets was a problem a lot last season for Maidstone, so, and they want to get that sorted out pretty quickly. They've got a decent goalkeeper in Lee Wargan, but he, he saved him numerous times last season, but they did struggle for clean sheets last year. Absolutely. Well, we'll move on then. Dover, dream come true on Saturday to win 1-0 up at Hartlepool, and then last night, I know you were there, you, you said you got over it quite quickly, but what went wrong last night for Dover? Um... I think first of all, you have to give credit to Bromley. Um, they defended well. Dover started both halves like an express train, forcing corner after corner. And Dover, in total, had about 18 corners, but didn't do anything with them, which was really disappointing. Um, it, didn't, it didn't really vary in that way. And you've got two good defenders at this level, Jack Holland and Ben Chorley, who were just the ball high balls. They were mopping them up. Uh, Bromley were brilliant on the counter attack. Both their goals came from superb counter attacking football. First one, Adam Mechie. David pushing forward, got down the right hand side, crossed it in, and Josh Rees put it back and put it in the back of the net. In the second half, it was all Dover. David Gregory and goal had a you know blinder, point blank, so everything was going his way. Then Dover went off the line, and within five seconds, it was in the back of the net at the other end again. Counter-attacking football was absolutely fantastic for Bromley. They got pace all over the side, organised as well at the back. So, you know, Chris Kinnear said after the game, they probably had enough chances to win two games. Which is arguably true, but it didn't have that final quality in the final third. David looked good going forward, normally good from set pieces, but that really let them down. And bizarrely, the goal they did score was probably one of the worst set pieces from Cadell Daniel when it hit it, over hit it, hit the crossbar and bounced off Gregory and went in. So, yeah, again, if you look, if I was sitting there last week and said you told me that David would have got three points for the two games, I'd have probably been you know happy with that. But when you think that they won at Hartlepool and lost the problem. You thought it'd be the other way around, but they've got Wrexham on Saturday. Um, again, they had a good result as well. So, yeah, it was just a little bit disappointing because everybody thought, you know, after the great result on Saturday at Hartlepool, follow it up against Bromley, but with credit to Bromley, they defended him well and then brilliant on the counter-attack and that Dover's problem again, defensively, coordination not good. So, fair play to Bromley. And Bromley, got to go to Macclesfield. Totally different game because Macclesfield have played a bit more football than Dover, but I think um, Bromley are in for a decent season if they can continue like that. Absolutely, and I mean, obviously, then they've got Orient at home, and and Orient have, have, have sort of found their feet. They won last night, didn't they? But they they need to that they need to hit the ground running. They're a big club, and everyone wants to beat Orient. And two Kent sides have got the chance to do that this week. Yeah, yeah, I think Orient's problem last season they weren't very good at home. I think they had record ever defeats at home, so they, they want to do it in front of their own supporters again. I would have thought a lot of sides will sit back and let Lake Norwin come onto them and maybe a counter-attacking team like Bromley can, could have a reward there. But yeah, Bromley, I, I, I was impressed with them. Good, good manager, Neil Smith. 
Um, he's been around the house. He's been with his assistant one way, but he's got a good, hungry set of set of players there. So, yeah, Macclesfield and Leighton what a day! You know, you know, who would have thought that Bromley would be playing Leighton in a couple of seasons ago? <laughs> so they'll enjoy that on their new surface. You know, you can see Sutton didn't like it. That's a, uh, or we didn't like it sat on their 3G and they're going straight again. So uh, I think Bromley can use that to their advantage. Absolutely. We'll just quickly look at the National League South. Two draws, two draws for Dartford to start and two defeats for Welling. So, you know, Welling had a tough, two tough games there, but they want to get a point on the board. Both the teams have got, again, a new promoted team this weekend. Dartford are at Haven and Welling are at home to Bogner. They'll both want to get that first win, won't they? Yeah, I think Dartford, that's a good, you know, two nil down early on half-time against Brangel and coming back to already at Bradbrook scoring in that. And Tom Murphy, Tom Murphy's a good player when he was at Dover. Before he got injured, he was, you know, I thought he could go in the Football League. So if they can get him firing, that'd be good. Well, in, I'm quietly surprised about it. They let Chris Lewington go, their goalkeeper. And he is a fine goalkeeper at, at that level. So I don't know if something went on at the Truro game on that point of view. And they got a guy on loan from Colchester. I'm surprised that uh, Welling have got you know, quite a new side and Chris Lewington was saw him in the friendly against Dover and he had a great game so yeah, I was quite surprised he's left and I think they need a bit more experience um, particularly in, in goal willing because Lewington he was a Margate as you know he's a decent goalkeeper and he sort of um, willing had a problem with goalkeepers particularly in the conference so um, I'm surprised he's gone Chris Lewington he, 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 I'm sure he'll turn up somewhere but I don't know reading between the lines and something's gone on between the management there because he's a decent goalie He's a very good goal. I mean, we saw him in that game against Lincoln in the FA Trophy, and, and he he's a good shot stopper, and he speaks well. He's a he's a nice yeah. young chap as well. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a surprise to see him moved on at this early stage. But hey, that's football. So we'll move on then to the uh, the Bostic Premier League, uh, the diary of a wimpy kid league, as we're now calling it after your revelation last week. Um, I think I did. It was the guy from Wimpy Kid. I think his name is Roscoe or something. Roscoe Bostic or something. It's what? a good name anyway. So we're. We're we'll calling it the Wimpy Kid League then. Absolutely. Um, we, well, we've got our first guest on the podcast. Um, I had a nice conversation with uh, Margate manager Steve Watts on Monday. We just discussed a number of things, talking about his hopes for the season and so on. But I started by asking Steve how he's found his first pre-season as a manager rather than a player. Best describe it, particularly after throwing out, um, frustrating. Uh, uh, I mean, building the team's been, been good, been exciting. In terms of the rest, obviously it's not been ideal in terms of preparation. We've had, um, I suppose, it's sometimes we get used as a manager at this level of, of not had a full squad to pick from um, for any of the games I've had in pre-season. And um, I had, had a couple of big injuries on on Friday on our last pre-season friendly, which is an ideal going into the start of the season. So yeah, right. overall, I've enjoyed it, but there's been some frustrating aspects of it, uh, which. I guess as a player you want used to, and when you cross that line, it's it, it all becomes your problem as a manager. And I suppose, but now you're you're all ready to go, and I guess like everyone, you're looking forward to the start of the season on Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait. I've never, as a player, I've I've never wanted enjoyed pre-season. It was very much just trying to get out of the way and get and get going when the season started, and very much similar as a as a manager side of it. I mean. Pre-season just to get people right, get people back up to speed, and which I think we're at. Um, and obviously, the games itself has never really, never been one for been interested in results during pre-season. It's just been making sure everyone's right and ready. And when that first, uh, first game of the season comes, I'm looking forward to it. Saturday. I think we've got a lot of boys in the same boat in terms of the squad. They've all been looking forward to getting the season started. And 
So I'm glad it comes along, it's coming along Saturday and we can get going. And obviously, Thurrock first start. What do you make of that? I suppose it's it's not a bad one for you to get first of all, is it? Well, a few people start to be a bit of fun. I think it's been really tough. I mean, I've, I've been part of promotion promotion winning teams as well, and you carry a great deal of momentum when you go up. Um, you often see at this level teams getting promoted and and sometimes getting back to back. We did it, did it a couple of years ago. Um, so I think, it's a, I think it's a tough start. I think I start tough in terms of the games we've got. Obviously, got Tunbridge, Leiston, um, Wingate, after all, all teams that were in around the playoffs last season. Again, and also against the um, promotion when inside to kick off. So uh, I think all games at this level is level's tough. Um, I know this league very, very well. and It's a, it's a tough league to get out of. Uh, so like, you can't take any game lightly. We, we won't. What would constitute a good season for Margate? I said, look, I was second favourites to win it, and the, the, the club, the club has been through a tough, tough time last year. Um, I've had to put a whole squad together again, um, near enough eighteen players, sixteen players. So that's never easy as a, as a club or a manager to do. Ideally, you've got you've got the core of your squad. Um, in place, and you're just adding, you're adding to that just little bits. But it's not the case of this season in terms of what the club has been through. So, like this season, like this, we just want to see how it goes. To each game, out go each game at a time, and see where we end up. It's a, we're certainly not. I'm not. I'm not certainly not preaching anything in house. But I expect, I expect promotion. I expect playoffs. I expect anything at all from the players, apart from going out and trying to win the next game of football. Um, we'll let everyone else talk about favourites and where they want to be, where they think people should be. But I think all I want to do is give the fans and give the club a team that's competitive, because it certainly wasn't last year. Um, and a, a, a team that the fans will get proud of again. Uh, so hopefully, I think, I'll put, I think I've got a squad together that can be competitive and can, can compete in most games and, and try and win most games. And we'll see when we come at the end of the year. But I think... It's, just, it's, it's, it's a project down here in terms of what's going on off the field and on it. I mean, it's not games of we're bouncing straight back up or, or things that we've learned to go straight back up. It's let's, let's build something special at this club again. Obviously, the 3G's been gone down and, and the this, uh, this, this future developments hopefully are going to start um, at the club as well, which, which looks good. And hopefully, uh, with time, we can put the right team together so we can have success on the pitch as well. So obviously, Margate, they're, they're playing it down a bit, I think, there, Matt, aren't they? But I think they're going to be there or thereabouts pushing for the playoffs with the players that they've brought. Yeah, I think he's brought well. He's brought people he knows and trusts, which is, I think, half the problem. And the problem with Margate over the last few seasons, they've had a revolving door of players. Um, a lot of players, young players from football league clubs that you know, maybe are not up to it at that level as well. So um, from that point of view, I think... It's solid, you know, Alex Fisher being injured is an absolute disaster for them, I think, personally, and for the player as well. I don't know if it's his leg or his knee he's done, but he's expected to miss the rest of the season. And I'm good, good luck to Alex Fisher because he is a good player and he's probably playing at a level um, that he could, you know, he can probably play a lot better level than that. So that's a blow for them. Defensively, I think they've got some good players. You've got people who trust him. You expect central defenders to become good defensive managers So Margate should be okay on that score and Franny Collin now it's a step up from Hastings uh, he has scored at this level before and the level above so they'll be relying on him for the goals but Flisher's an absolute blow but yeah I think Margate are playing it down but I think 
off the pitch they seem to be working well on the pitch it might take a few games and with only one going up that could be a bit of a problem but I think they'll be there and thereabouts in the playoffs absolutely you say only one going up and the bookies are certainly in no doubt who that one's going to be Billericay Town um, obviously they're not in Kent so we shouldn't be spending too long talking about them but it's an unbelievable project they've got over there, isn't it? I mean, they've they've put so much money into it. I'm told they've completely rebuilt the ground. And I, having covered some games there myself, it was not a nice place to go. But apparently it's now much better. And the money and, and the names that they've brought in, it's going to be fascinating to see how that unfolds. But if that guy, Glenn Tamplin, is in it for the long run, it's going to be so exciting for Billericay, isn't it? I would have thought so. And one of the things he's done, you know, you might not like him or agree with what he does or he's... Um, he likes the media spotlight on that point of view. He's done the ground, you know. We go back to Margate. Margate had a lot of money when Bob Laslett was in charge, but they didn't touch the infrastructure of the club. All these players came in and, you know, they had some good players on the pit. But, you know, you go down to Margate, they've got 3G, but you're still getting changed to the porter cabin, and that's not right for a club at Margate's level. Glenn Tamplin has rebuilt the ground. Um, he's making it a family atmosphere. Some of the players are, he's brought in on probably breathtaking money. Doesn't seem to spend too much money on players, but bringing in players who played at a lot, lot higher level. It will be interesting to see how they get on. He's quietly confident they're going to win the league. It'll be, but again, everybody's going to raise their game against Billy Ricky. But I think their odds are just something two to five on or something, which is pretty ridiculous. But you would have thought it. But he might, you know, going to places like Leeston, Valley Chablet, Dorking Wanderers on a wet Tuesday evening. Is Jermaine Pennant going to be up for it? Maybe he will be, but I'm sure there'll be some ups and downs. But and everybody will want them to lose as well, which is makes the uh, the uh, Wimpy League Bostick League uh, quite an exciting league this year. Absolutely, and, and I did continue my chat with Steve. What I said to him: Does having a team like Billericay, with all that money, with all that pressure, take the pressure off the rest of the teams in the league? I've been in that state, not in terms of that money, but I've been in that dressing for like what everyone expects you to win leagues. It's, it can it can work to, work two ways. It certainly it certainly it certainly could be a pressure to the players that are there, and they are expected to win every week. When they don't win a game of football, you know people may react differently. I mean, in terms of the rest of us, I don't really know. If I'm being honest, I, I I don't pay any attention to it. But for me, it's another game of football. It's another team we're playing against. Um, a very very good side. Glenn's put together a very good side there and done some great things for that football club. I think that's got I just got to be first and foremost the way it's transformed that football club, not just playing wise, but the the whole ground itself alone has, has been fantastic. You know, it's a feel like it was known as a place that you didn't really want to go on a Tuesday night, you know, because of the pitch, because of how it was. Look at it now, it looks fantastic, it really does. And I think probably how it's transformed that football club. And, and that's a good luck to him. I mean, everyone was on about budgets. And that, I'm a firm believer of that. That doesn't that doesn't alone doesn't win you league. You know, it doesn't at all. It's it's the working in the training pitch, it's getting the characters right, the dressing room right. There's a lot, there's lots of components goes into to winning leagues and winning promotions. Not just throwing a lot of money at it. And um, for the rest of us, I think I think other clubs that have maybe been there or thereabouts it probably takes a bit of pressure off us, but it doesn't take any more pressure off us because we there's nothing expected of us apart from to be competitive and, and try and build a successful team, if you like, for over the next two three years. So we, we've got no added pressure or less pressure this season. But it, it, I, I guess you could say that the likes of your Tunbridges, your Dulwiches, your the teams that are normal up and around it. Um, it probably, I would imagine, it does take a little bit of pressure on them because they're not expected to win 
you know, the, the league, if you like, everyone expects uh, Bill Rickey to win it. You know, so I guess for the, those type of clubs, it maybe, it maybe does ease a little bit of pressure on the players. I, mean, I suppose, obviously, we remember, what, three years ago now, everyone thought Margate were going to win the league, and I believe Mr Watt got his hands on the trophy at the end of the campaign, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Um, along with Alex Fletcher, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good, like I said, that, that, that's, that's what I was talking about, I was just referring to there, obviously, at that time, Margate invested a lot, a lot of money in the squad, looked like they were odds on three, which would win a league, they finished third. You know, they finished third, third overall and lost and won in the playoff final to to Hendon. So it just it just goes to show and there's there's plenty of other cases you can you can you can state where money's been thrown at it and they've not had the success that that people expected. So as I said, look, I said first and foremost I think we've got to get a score together that that are all believe and all all believe and want to achieve things together and then off of that, hopefully the work you do and and on the training pitch and your ideas that you get across the players, they carry it out so you can go and win games of football. So, um, yeah, so that, that could be a, a little incentive, if you like, for us that, look, this has happened before or other clubs, if you like, this has happened before, but clubs have not been successful in one league, so it doesn't say that it's going to happen now, but... Um, Obviously, Margate, they've got uh, Thurrock away, as Steve said earlier, and then and then Tommage Angels in the first game on the 3G pitch down at Margate. And, and Tommage Angels, they've made the big decision this week to change their goalkeeper. Um, it's their fourth year at this level, the fourth season for Steve McKim. Surely it's time that they delivered, Matt. Yeah, they used to say, well, and then sort of, you know, it's such a tight league, this one. You know, the back end of in April, they seem to miss out a little bit. Yeah, Steve McKim, decent manager, they... They're giving him a nice contract. Uh, I think he's brought players in. Surprise, but John Henley's a decent goalkeeper again. He's been to Margate before. He's got an under-21 international, so he's made a big choice because I think uh, the previous goalkeeper's been there for a while. Um, he's lost a couple of players. Yeah, Tunbridge, good support. You know, they get four or five hundred every week. Um, I, I think they'll be there and thereabouts. Nathan Elder up top. Uh, got goals in that team, but defensively, maybe he's, that's the reason he's brought Henley in because you think they might be conceded to a few goals. But uh, I, I expect Tunbridge to be around about the playoffs and all that experience over the last few years help them or will it be heartbreak again? We'll have to see. But I'll try and get to the, hopefully go and get to that game against Margate on uh, Tuesday and uh, we'll report back. So it should be a decent game there. It really should be, yeah. I mean, obviously, the third uh, team in the Wimpy League Premier um, is Folkestone and Victor. Um, they've got a few new faces in. Obviously, they've lost their skipper, Liam Friend, to, to Margate and he's been there for... Donkey's years, so some big shoes to fill. But Enfield is not a bad start for them because Enfield have lost a lot of players. They've brought in a manager who's stepping up to that level. I think that's quite a friendly start, and and they'll want to get they want to get going, won't they, folks? And because they stayed up on the last day officially, but they were pretty much there already. But it's important that they build on that and push forward this year. Yeah, I think they had I think they had a decent start last year as well. But um, you know, the, the leap from Ryman South to Ryman Premier, or whatever it's called, Bostick now league. It, it's quite a big leap, and I think Neil Cudley, you know, it sort of affected them as the, the season went on because they had quite a decent start. Neil Cudley, decent manager, knows his level. Um, I don't expect folks to be at the right end of the table, and I think he's, he admitted that that they need extra income, extra budgets to compete with the other sides. But they'll be organised again. Teams like folks who must be desperate for an FA Cup run, uh, etc. On that point of view, but they'll be organised. Liam Friend is a loss. I think he's played over five hundred games today. We've got Everett there, hasn't he? He's been there. Donkey years as well. But yeah, folks will surprise a few people. Um, but I can't see them challenging for the playoffs just yet. Neil Cudley's got to bring in some more blood, some more youth players in, I think. 
Absolutely. And we'll move on to the Bostick South then, where we, they've got so many Kent teams. I think we're literally just going to have a, a line on, on some of them. Um, disappointing season uh, for the Kent sides in that league last year, because none of them made the playoffs. Unless you count Greenwich Borough, who have been in Kent, now are in Eltham. I, I don't know if we're going to cover them extensively or not, Matt, to be honest. Um, but I'd say them and Hastings are going to be the teams to beat this year. Of the Kent clubs, I think Hyde are going to be the, the ones to beat. They're, they brought in some more good players, like Will Godman, Mitchell Dickinson... They're just good, aren't they, Hythe? Yeah, because the Ryman South used to be the Kent League, didn't it, really? But the last few seasons ago, it was always the playoffs for the Kent side. Still, you get Faversham, Ray Turner in that. They were always there and thereabouts. You may have lost a few few players as well. Ramsgate, Lloyd Blackman, uh, his first real season as manager. Um, Hythe, always be there. Hythe probably got a decent budget as well. Always score goals. And Ashford as well, they, they'll expect to be up there. Ashford against Carshall, you expect that to be a Ryman Premier game, let alone a... a um, Ryman South game so, or Bostick South game but yeah I think yeah, some sides will be there Sittingbourne another good manager in Nick Davis so again what they probably find is that you know he's keeping hold of these players because if anybody's good there's a catch there that people might pick their players off from that point of view it's just make sure you have a good manager who can work with these players and, and fend off if they're doing well teams picking them up but you know hopefully we should at least have one maybe two it, challenge at the right table and the playoffs in the, in the, the Boston South. Absolutely. I think, you know, obviously the one team we haven't really mentioned there so far is Herne Bay. I think it's going to be a transitional season for them, but they are a complete unknown quantity because they've got a completely new look squad. Obviously, Sam Denley moved on and they're under joint managers now. Interesting to see how they get on. I, I think Sittingbourne are just a bit inconsistent. To, they're moving in the right direction, but I think they're always going to be held back as well by where they play. Uh, out there at Woodstock Park, it's, it's not a great place to go. And, you know, the, the town of Sittingbourne, where I live, I'm, I'm in there now speaking to you, is a, it's, it's got the potential to attract people, but to have to get a minibus up to those grounds or to drive up there is always going to make it difficult for Sittingbourne to really push on, I, I, I feel, Matt. I don't know what you think about that one. Yeah, Sittingbourne, you know, off the field, you've got really people who absolutely love the club, uh, people like the Pots, etc., who love that club. And you think when Sittingbourne, you know, 25 years ago, Central Park, they were getting really good gates in that stadium, then they moved next to Central Park and now they moved to Woodstock Park. So, yeah, maybe there's not, you know, maybe you really you think of Canterbury Home Bay, really, it's not really a hotbed for football, but maybe they could turn it into it. But it's Woodstock Park, yeah, I haven't been there, but I haven't heard really good reports about it. So, it's just motivating yourself sitting warm when you go to these things on a Tuesday night at home. You know, forget about the facilities, just try and get a result. On their day, Sittingbourne are a great side. I've, I've seen them play really well, but it is just that consistency. Moving on, we've got also all other teams you can mention in that division who are in the sort of Kent catchment area. So we've got Cray Wanderers, who year were moved into this league last year and finished 11th, having been in the playoffs the year before, and everything for them is banking on their new stadium, which they've still got trouble with. And then Phoenix Sports, VCD Athletic and Thamesmead have all moved across, as Cray did. Phoenix were the best of them, finished ninth last year in the north. VCD were fifteenth, and Thamesmead were seventeenth. And I think that I think the South is a much stronger league than the North, and I can't see any of those three teams really challenging. No, uh, good that they're finally in the same division. All these sides as well, because you know a lot of teams complained, etc., that they're in the in the wrong division. Yet, yeah, I think it could be tough for some of those sides, but there'll be some gems out there. If these players. It's getting them organised in this division, but that's a tough old league. But I, I think the South East Bay sides, Faversham's, the Hydes, etc., maybe even Ramsgate are going to be the Kent sides that do well in that league this year. Absolutely, and I mean, already a couple of big Kent derbies next week in that league as well. We've got Faversham, Ramsgate on Tuesday, Sittingbourne, Herne Bay, and Thamesmead Hythe is on Wednesday night as well. So 
it's, it's, we touched on this last week, but it's so important with the games all coming thick and fast. You've, you've got to hit ground running in that league, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, what you'll probably find now is they're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday till the end of September. Yeah, a lot of games. Yeah, when when the pitches are good, start well and see if you can get some uh, pick up some results. Yeah, Faversham Ramsgate, real local derby there. It'll be interesting to see Raytown, as I mentioned before, been there. Absolute donkey's years knows that game. I think he, he was disappointed last year when he, they didn't do too well, and he'll be looking to start really well. And Ramsgate, a lot of youngsters. From the reports I got again when they played Margate in a pre-season friendly, that you know, apart from the fitness, Margate really matched them, and then when Ramsgate really matched them, only last sort of twenty minutes when fitness told that was an issue. So I think everybody's optimistic. Everybody's optimistic, and I'm finally I bet these teams are, are pleased they're actually kicking kicking off because I still think it's farcical that they kick off a week later than everybody else. Right, I think Ramsgate. I think they're a dark horse. Um, you know, having looked at the team they put out against Margate, which I mean they were three-one up. They they. It was only a last-minute goal that stopped them from winning the WW Martin Cup, as this preseason friendly is called. And I, I just think they've got some good young players there. They've got players who've been around a bit, like Luke Watkins, Jake McKenzie, and Luke Wheatley. I think Ramsgate, if they if they can get a good start, you know, they're at home to Phoenix Saturday, then at Faversham, if they can pick up four points from those two, they've got something to really build on when they go into the FA Cup and then subsequently go on and get into the rest of their league campaign. So I think Ramsgate are going to have a decent season. Yeah, I think I think so. I'm living in the Thalic area. Everybody seems quite optimistic. They they built the side up, got a good youth um, facilities, and players are coming through. And I think previously Ramsgate have been the the side that could pick up the players from the Thalic area, and that's and that's hasn't changed even with Margate going down the more established route. There are, there are players around this level if you can get hold of them who are keen to learn. And Lloyd Blackman's played at a very decent level, and I think he knows a player. So I think. Uh, yeah, it could be an interesting time for Ramsgate. We'll move on to the FA Cup now, which obviously started at the weekend, and some decent results for Kent sides. We've got Deal, Tunbridge Wells, Glebe, Hollands and Blair, Seven Oaks Town, and Sheppey United all got through their their ties. Um, Deal got through after a replay. Um, Rustall FA Cup debut they drew nil nil against uh, CB Hounslow Heath, and then but then went down two one in the replay last night. So it'll be Tunbridge Wells who play Hounslow Heath. Well, I think they would have quite liked to play Rustall. And there's a couple more replays tonight: Irith Town against Rochester and Littlehampton against Chatham. I should say we're recording this on Wednesday, but those games will still go ahead. But so, some positive starts for Kent clubs in the cup, and Deal's result to win that replay four one last night particularly stands out. Yeah, I, I checked that. Um, you know, I went to Deal earlier in the season for. And look around a pre-season friendly against Dover and a really nice club. Had some good players as we've in there. I saw they drew two, I think it was, on Saturday in the FA Cup. And thought, oh, if they can get, their, get back at the Charles grab, that's a fantastic result for one. I, I was really pleased with that. And again, the extra money comes in handy for them. So, £1,500 gone in the, in the pocket from that. That's a good result. Um, Derek Hales, the manager there, he's been there absolute donkey's years. Uh, Steve King, the coach. So, they've got them well organised, well drilled, you know, it may not seem on paper what a, to some people that's uh, say that is a fantastic result for Deal and probably makes that club season already. It was a, a great performance for one. Absolutely, I think they've got a chance in the next round as well. And obviously, the next round it gets a little bit more interesting because we've got the the Ryman Bostic League Division One South and North teams coming into the mix. So there's some there's some good ties there. And I know um, I was chatting to someone at the weekend, and Sheppey United had a good result last weekend, a three two win. They've got Hastings United next up at home. I mean, that's that's going to be a great day for them. And and Sheppey are a side I think are going to do quite well. They've got a couple of lads who I know from from Ramsgate, um, Luke Gert, the tenacious little midfielder, and they've just signed Tom Loins on a dual registration from uh, from Hythe, who's been at Ramsgate, Whitstable, followed the wards around a little bit. And on his 
this day, Tom Lines is a, is a really good player. And finally, if I bumped into him at Morrison's petrol station the other day, because he works in Sittingbourne, I just saw him and gave him a little wave. Um, and Sheppey, they, I think they're, they're going to be a side that might go close this season. And it's interesting to see how they're going to get on. They start in, in the league this Saturday. They've got Rustall, newly promoted Rustall. Sheppey are going to fancy their chances there, aren't they? Oh, okay. The confidence they've got from winning the game in the FA Cup will really give them a, an opportunity to, to move on and pick up a few points again. Again, you don't know what you get with the, so you know with the, with the Ken League or the leagues around that. You don't know about players moving around all over the place. But um, I would have thought maybe um, Canterbury will maybe decide to watch how they're playing at deal. Canterbury trying to get back to a new ground as well in Canterbury. That's been going on for a few years. But some other things. But of course, certain things you're like deal going to Croke, but they've been at Maidstone United, so. There's some good, nice grounds in there that people will be looking to play to. And, and of course, Wheatstable, I think they'll be desperate to get back to uh, where they want to be, which is uh, the Bostick South. Absolutely. I mean, they, they've got Glebe, another newly promoted team, uh, on Saturday. And then Chatham, who were relegated from the Bostick League, they, they've got a tough start. Seven Oaks, who finished third last year. So you look at that league, and, and it is a good league. And, and we talked earlier about Ashford, about how you know the, they could easily be in the top half. Because I think that the... Southern Counties East League is a really strong league and it's no surprise when a team comes out of that league and then goes on and does well in the league, league above. With only one promotion place, you get teams you keep missing out. Ashford was second, second, third, etc. They've now gone up, and the, but the teams they've left behind are strong and, and I think that's a, a, I think Crober are favourites but I think it's going to be a really competitive division there. Yeah, I think Crober are likely to be the side that's going to be... Um at the right end of the table, not necessarily in Kent, but you are, I think Canterbury are, are growing off the field as well as a club. We're desperate, as I mentioned, to get back to Canterbury as a thing. And in teams like Eric, you know, you'll get from them big organised sides as well. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how they go. But I, I'm, I'll put, stick my neck out and maybe think Whitstable. I think um, Scott Porter's there as manager now, get back in his second spell. They'll be desperate to get back. Decent facilities there. Brought some decent players in, Craig Cloak, etc. So I think um, I'll put my neck on the line that Whitstable could be decided this season to get back up. Oh, there you go. Matt says Whitstable. I'm not quite sure. I think Crowborough will take some beating, but I think it's going to be a tight, tight, tight old league. Um, looking elsewhere, let's go into professional games shortly for a, a little bit. Um, two former players who've been playing non-league football in Kent, both making an impression at, at a higher level. We've got Mohamed Issa, who's got three goals in two games for Cheltenham. He was only playing for Greenwich Borough last season. And then Alf- Alfie May, we all know about Alfie May, top quality player on the score sheet for Doncaster last night. It's, it's great to see these these gems being picked out of the non-leagues and getting a crack at the professional game, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, I think, you know, Elsa, I don't know, I haven't seen much about him, but, you know, tall striker and he scored apparently an absolute wonder goal for, uh, for Cheltenham yesterday to, to win at Oxford, which is a great result for them. So, I, I think he was going in that he wouldn't be a regular, but three goals in his first two games is giving them a different option. Yeah, their players are, are we see, oh, you know, you see it, players who can stand out at the lower levels and giving them a chance. Gary Johnson, known to, he knows the non-league scene, giving them a chance and good luck to him. And Alfie May, again, I'm quite surprised at Alfie May he came in back in the last season, got a couple of goals for Doncaster on the score sheet again last night. Darren Ferguson knows all about strikers when he was at Peterborough, so he must see something in him. And I know, I know a lot of Ken sides looked at Alfie May and maybe, maybe not, but He's got a good pedigree with his with Ben May, his brother, and, and Jay May. So um, there must be good genes in there for strikers in that from that family. But yeah, good luck to him. Um, you know, Doncaster could have brought, 
gone up to a league run, probably could have spent more money on a striker, but he's a workhorse. And I think that's what Darren Ferguson um, likes out of him. And, and he knows where the back of the goal, back of the net is, so that's key as well. Exactly. And, and, and funny enough, I, I was reading earlier, Clive Cook, the Hive manager, thinks that that sort of experience is, is helping him this year because he can say to people, well, if you come here and do well, you can push on through the leagues. And, you know, they've signed the boy Dickinson, haven't they, from who was at Gillingham. Yeah. And I think they've kind of said to him, you know, you can get back into the pro game, but why not come and play here for a bit while you're trying to do that? Because if you stand out at this level, the opportunities can be there for you. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I was surprised Dickinson went down that level, but Clive Cook's probably clearly said to him, because he had a couple of games for chilling at the back end of last season. So, um, you know, when I was speaking to uh, one of the Dover players, and he'd come from Kent League to um, National League and went on loan to uh, the South, and what he said was, you know, it's all very nice playing, um, you know, under, under 23 football, but when you go in, it means something to these people playing for Ryman, Bostick South, and etc. like that. Because it's their livelihood, and you're coming up against big, physical, strong men who don't want to be made silly of. So they they'll go in hard, and, and that can make that can make Dickinson grow as a player because he could come up against some, you know, handful centre forwards in there. And again, it'll be interesting to see. It's better than reserve team football for him, I'm sure. And he'll grow into that. And you never know. This time next year, we could be talking about him moving on back to the pro game. And of course, it'll be another, but, but another three or four games before Ricky Miller gets a chance to show what he's learned in the conference as well. Yeah, I think yeah, where he got banned for six. Yeah, he was a good. He was too good for Dover last season, but he got a six-match ban, didn't he? He's missed two already, and Peter going out of the League Cup probably hasn't done him any favours because there won't be another game in that point of view. So, yeah, but I think um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Jamie Grimes has gone, of course, from Dover as well to Cheltenham. I think he's had a stuttering start, but I think that's what Chris Kinnear, when he says to people coming in, they brought a lot of youngsters in. Yeah, look at the players who've gone into the league: the Paynes, the Raggets, the Millers, the Grimeses. There's no reason you listen to what we say. Um, you, you grow with, with us as a player. We can put you in the league. So, and that's all our all our, all our sides in the, in the in the non-league. They want to find that gem that they can sell for fifty thousand to make some money, which can grow them as a club as well as well as the player. Exactly. So, uh, Dover this weekend for you, is it, Matt? Yeah, I hope to Wrexham on Saturday, which will be um, an interesting game. Wrexham, I tip to be in the playoffs, so um, it'll be interesting and important for that view. You know, because you can say. You know, what, three points out of nine, if David lose that, you doom and gloom after the, the joys of Hartlepool. So that'll be a tough game from that point of view, yeah. So hopefully we can pick up uh, three points from there. But, you know, as Chris Kinnear said, they, they probably play worse and win a game. So we'll take a, we'll take a win whatever way it comes. And then you'll be hoping to be at Margate on Tuesday, is that right? Yeah, hopefully to get there at Margate against um, Sunbridge as well. So get a look at both sides, look at the 3G pitch, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there on that point of view to, to see where they're up to and... Uh, have a chat with both managers there. And if you are at either of those games, feel free to go and say hello to Matt. He will be there with a smile on his face, as always. Um, I myself, I'm, I'm not here over the weekend, otherwise I probably would have joined you at one of those games. But I shall be keeping a very close eye on what's going on. Um, that's pretty much it for this week's podcast. Next week, we're going to have a bit of an FA Cup special. Um, we're getting an FA Cup expert who's very prominent on Twitter to come on and join us. Um, so I'll be chatting to him. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Kent NL Podcast. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. If you search for the Kent Non-League Podcast, you'll find us there. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnPhipps81, or you can email us at uh, JohnPhipps81 at Outlook.com. You can also follow Matt on Twitter at Matthew underscore Gerard. Matt, any final thoughts from you? No, it's good to see the season's up and running finally for the Bostick sides and... Uh... I'll be looking to see how they're getting on and hopefully they can all start off pretty well again. I don't think the weather's going to be too good. I remember the days of the 
football season starts, it was 30 degrees, so it'll be uh, put a jumper on and go and watch the games and enjoy your football this weekend and I hope your side, uh, whoever you follow, gets the result. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Matt, and uh, I will speak to you next week for, for the next edition and thanks for listening, everyone.